I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. And welcome to Level With Us, the show where we have a cozy video game discussion every week. And this week, we did a little Paper Mario retrospective that we've put out on YouTube. You can find the link in the description of the show notes for this show. So if you've already watched the video, Jared did an amazing job editing it, in my opinion. Uh, We're happy to have you over here. We're actually going to play it in full right now. But afterwards, stick around because we are going to do uh, kind of a discussion. We're going to regroup and talk about the different opinions that were shared. And if you want to skip ahead to our commentary, there's some timestamps in the show notes. So let's roll the retrospective. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. An awfully long time ago, 2004 to be exact, Nintendo released this RPG on the GameCube as a sequel to Paper Mario on the Nintendo 64. It was a game with an engaging story, intricate combat, and a cast of unique and wacky characters. For many, this game easily became an instant classic, and even one of the best light RPGs of all time. But since then, Nintendo has yet to release another game quite like it. Other Paper Mario games came out, but they weren't quite the same. Some felt more like spin-offs, while others took on an entirely different genre. For fans of Thousand Year Door, it seems as if there's little hope for another true sequel. But now, almost two decades later, word has begun to spread. YouTubers have shared their love of the game with those who've never experienced it. And Paper Mario-inspired indie games like Bug Fables have started turning more heads. Indeed, in some ways, this game is more popular now than ever before. So today, we reached out to some of the game's biggest fans and asked them to share their favorite chapter or moment from the game and to celebrate why we love this game so much. The Thousand Year Door Retrospective starts here. Hey guys, Nintendo here. I think my favorite chapter of Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door has to be Chapter 4 for Pigs the Bell Tolls. If nothing else, because of one very specific moment that happens pretty early on in the chapter. And it's when you first meet Dupless. So Dupless is a ghost that lives at the top of the creepy steeple, and uh, when you first meet him, uh, you, you engage him in battle, and it seems like things are going pretty well, pretty easy. Like, you can get through the battle and you can steal the crystal star from him, which is kind of the overarching goal of every chapter in the game. So at first, it appears that it goes much smoother than you expected, uh, but at some point in the battle, Dupless scans Mario and turns into a sort of shadow version of Mario, right? So he steals all of your abilities and things like that, and starts using Mario's moves against him. Uh, but once you finally take him down, uh, Mario and Co. kind of drop down through this, uh, I think it's like a trapdoor or a staircase or something, and then it, it, the, the camera stays on Dupless's d- sort of defeated corpse here, which is now a shadow version of Mario, and the camera stays there, like, just too long. And as a new player, you see that and you think, like, oh, oh is Dupless not actually gone? Like, is he, is he going to come back? Or, you know, is there some sort of secret here? Uh, and then it, go- it lasts a little bit too long, and you're thinking, like, oh, no, like, did the game freeze? Did it crash or something? And you start mashing buttons on the controller, and if you hit the jump button, 
this Shadow Mario jumps up from the ground, and now you're controlling what you thought was Duplass, but in actuality, he swapped places with Mario in the middle of the battle. And this is one of my favorite moments and, and one of the best examples in all of gaming, in my opinion, of subverting player expectations. They present you with a scenario that appears to be one way, and then uh, as a player, you expect it to go a certain way, and when it doesn't, it's surprising and it kind of, you know, it implies so much more that, that you then think about like, oh no, Duplass is out there with all of Mario's partners and all of his badges and abilities and money and, you know, like, what are you going to do about this? You, you now are this mute shadow version of yourself and you're going to have to go like make allies and find a way to, to face off against him again. So uh, if nothing else for, for that, that very specific and exciting moment, I think chapter four has got to be my favorite. All right, so I'm sure my answer to this question is probably going to be the same as a lot of other people's in this retrospective, but my personal favorite chapter in Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door is none other than chapter three, I personally adore Glitzville. I love everything about it. I can literally close my eyes and see the central dojo with the chain chop face on top. I love it. I love Rockhawk. I think he is such a great chapter villain. I would love to one day see him in Smash Brothers. That is probably never going to happen. His time has passed, but still, wouldn't the arena be an amazing stage in Smash and then you have Rockhawk come crashing in? I don't know what his splash screen would be, but I think he would be awesome. Maybe we'll get him one day if we end up getting a Thousand Year Door remake, but I'm not holding my breath. And I also really love the fact that in Chapter 3, there is a playable Yoshi partner. That is something that I really wanted when I first played the original Paper Mario on Nintendo 64. When you go to the Yoshi's Island area by the volcano, I thought, oh man, how cool would it be to have a Yoshi travel with you? And not only have a Yoshi travel with you, but a Yoshi that you could name as well. Everybody's Yoshis were unique. I just, I think it is such a fantastic level and definitely highlights the best of Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Hey guys, Gino here. You may know me from Bug Fables. I wrote a bunch of dialogue, but that doesn't matter. Um, the Thousand Year Door is a very special game to me. I played it when I was less than 10 years old, and I feel really old saying that. Back then, I thought video games were cool, but I thought they were like, you know, very strict, and you could kinda tell what was gonna happen. The game had to follow its own rules. When I got to chapter 4 and Mario became his own shadow, you know, Duplis uh, kidnapped him. I thought that was really cool losing your partners and stuff, but what really got me was that I was lazy. I was lazy when I was a kid. I actually googled um, what's the name of the, of the person. So I tried to type in their name, Duplis, and the letter P wasn't there. So I was like, what? But maybe uppercase and the and, and the P wasn't there. I, I, I felt so... I knew they knew that I would Google it because I was such a lazy kid. Uh, the Thousand Year Door is a good game. Now seems as good a time as ever for me to throw my own hat in. If I had to pick a favorite, I'd probably go with Glitzville just because of how it kind of changes the structure of the game. It's really fun to have all the different win conditions for the battles, and I love the, the conspiracy behind the ring that you fight in. But if I were to spotlight one that I think is very overlooked, uh, I would have to say Boggly Woods, Chapter 2. This setting is so beautiful in such an eerie, ethereal way. The land is mostly monochrome with bits of color here and there, and the inside of the Boggly Tree is so surreal and weird. There's bubbles like in the background, and I used to think when I was playing this as a kid, is this underwater or something? 
Not to mention the fact that having all the punies follow you around is a little bit like Pikmin, and again, it just really changes what the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is like for Paper Mario, especially after a mostly straightforward but still good first chapter. I love that they just went ham after this point. From chapter 2 onwards, every single chapter has so many surprises and really flip your expectations, so that's just one of many chapters I love in The Thousand Year Door. Hey everyone, Andre here, coming at you live from Twilight Town to tell you about my favorite chapter in Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, which, as you might have guessed, is Chapter 3. No, I'm kidding. It's actually Chapter 4 for Pigs the Bell Tolls, which, by the way, is an amazing name for a chapter title, considering the fact it's based on an Ernest Hemingway novel, which I just kind of adore. So, it's partially the, ti the reason for that title why I find this chapter so freaking compelling, because it's rooted in a deep, weird mystery, and I love it. When you first get to town, it doesn't take long to discover that the citizens or the villagers there are turning into pigs every time the bell tolls. And it's such a weird, disturbing, creepy, and funny, and all these weird mixed emotions that make this chapter hit in a way that almost, I think, any other game can even accomplish. And I don't even know how this game pulls it off. But everything about this chapter just oozes atmosphere, whether it's a look or a sound to Twilight Town, the creepy steeple you explore, complete with a parrot that recites Mario Sunshine quotes for some reason, and then, of course, there's Duplass as well, which is just a fun, weird character in and of themselves, especially with how they present this fourth wall breaking element where he basically steals your identity and you need to go get it back. And I love what the game does here, where even upon replaying it fairly recently, I had forgotten what happened and it left me wondering what is happening here. And I love that. The fact that they were able to recapture that mystery for me again, even after playing this game multiple times in the past, says a lot about how effective the mystery is here in chapter four and I love everything about it and I haven't touched on the crows yet which still offer surprisingly contemporary sayings and statements and thoughts which is something you would never expect from you know any crow let alone multiple multiple of them in this town and I just love it so this is why partially why at least why this chapter is so freaking great and I could play it endlessly give me a Twilight Town game Nintendo Hi, it's Krista from the Kitten Krista podcast and the Kitten Krista show. I am very excited to be here today to talk about one of my favorite games of all time, which is Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Um, I really miss, I actually really miss this game. I should probably go back and play it again. And when I was thinking about which chapter I love the most, it really made me just want to go back and replay the game. But I had to pick, um, mine would be, I think, chapter five, which is Key to the Pirates. I am just a sucker for anything nautical. Um, this is why I love Wind Waker as well. So anything where you get to be on a boat and you get to be on the ocean and get to explore like islands and, and things like that, that is totally up my alley. So I love this chapter so much. Um, I also, you know, one of the most wonderful things about uh, Paper Mario is all the characters, and one of my favorites is Admiral Bobbery, and he has such a touching tale about his deceased wife, and I don't know, the whole thing is just very sweet. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite chapter. I hope that you guys are getting good vibes about Paper Mario, and I will see you later. Bye! So my favorite uh, chapters in uh, A Thousand Year Door are probably chapter three and chapter four. I couldn't really pick um, between those two because I really like the theme of both of them. Uh, the Glitz Pit is great. I love the uh, the tournament structure of it and kind of like this underlying like mystery kind of atmosphere they have going on. And I, I just really like how it upended the structure of like town and dungeon into like a 
completely different structure. And I just thought that was really cool and fun. And I really liked the twist in chapter four. You know, after you complete chapter four, uh, there's kind of like a fake out where the chapter's not actually done and your identity has been stolen. I feel like that was a really fun angle for a chapter. I think that chapter's a little bit less strong, maybe, because of the, the level design wasn't maybe as great. There was a lot of backtracking in that one. But I think those are probably my two highlights for the game. One of my favorite chapters of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door has to be chapter five, which takes place on Keel Hall Key Island. It features Mario and co sailing to where the fifth crystal star should be, and they shipwreck there, so you're stranded, marooned from the rest of the world. Uh, this chapter introduces the partner, Bobbery, who has one of the most compelling backstories, in my opinion, of any of these silly characters in this silly game. And basically, this entire chapter just feels like a pirate epic. It starts with a shipwreck, it has intrigue, it has dying last wishes it has a secret pirate grotto and the climax of the chapter is a final naval battle between a ghost ship and a regular ship and it's just got that treasure island epic vibe it is very fun it's a, a colorful landscape uh with even more colorful characters if i may say and uh one of my favorites so there we go uh apparently chapter four is really popular with a lot of people yeah a very specific moment as well. I, I was curious when you were collecting these, the fact that what four people mentioned the exact same moment. I'm curious to know when you got all of these comments, if it was validating or concerning that this many people had the exact same moment as their favorite. No, it was it was really cool to see. Um, I, it almost made me wish like, oh, I should have just assigned a chapter to each person that was interested and they could talk about why they love that specific chapter. But this was still fun because you, you kind of see there's uh, certain moments that the same people connected over. And um, even then, I like that Gino kind of has his own story about looking up the, the name of Dupless and not finding it. And uh, I think Nintendo did a good job describing the moment where you lose it, um, whereas Andre kind of talked about the chapter as a whole, which was great. So even though a lot of people like chapter four, it was cool to hear the different takes on it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there was there was enough variety in here that it was it's still made for a, a fun little retrospective to put together. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool for both of us just to hear people who love this game as well, because it's hard to know if it's just nostalgia blindness that makes us love this game so much because it's very formative media for our family like we we play a thousand year door almost every single christmas together with our other siblings so it's just cool to be like oh this game actually made an impact on other people besides us it is very validating to put a bunch of positive thoughts about the game all together for me to just listen back to again and again it also kind of reminded me of the chapters that were not highlighted because they talked about kind of the genre twisting or the betraying expectations in Glitz Pit or uh, in Twilight Town. But I feel like there's at least one or two moments like that in every single one of the chapters where it takes kind of the direction you're going and then it turns it on its head, sometimes in a simple, like a small way, other times in a larger way. So Excess Express, the, the mystery train... Yeah, has a lot of six. great moments in it. Absolutely. <laughs> that used to be my favorite um, until recently playing through the game again with my wife. Uh, I, I just love train mysteries and I love closed settings. Um, and it's fun that you get to know the passengers and there's a great moment where everyone vanishes. And 
stuff like that. So we got to give some love to some of these chapters that uh, weren't featured in the retrospective. You know, I don't think anyone ever mentions the first chapter as their favorite or groundbreaking in any way. But even that one, I think, has some cool, uh, cool ideas going on, like Hooktail's Castle. There's a quiz show, which I think that pops up in like pretty much every Paper Mario game. It's one of the few consistent things, but but it's so unexpected. You think it's a you think it's going to be like a boss fight or something when you come into that room because the last two rooms have been mm-hmm. fights. So something unexpected like that. It, the, that's what Paper Mario is all about: is just random surprises and throwing variety at you. Mm-hmm. And so I agree. Even Chapter One has plenty of that. Mm-hmm. I I have to come clean. One of the reasons I made this episode is because not only do I love the game, but also it was my birthday recently. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do a podcast this week, I want to do it about my favorite game of all time. So it was really fun to reach out to a lot of people and compile all of this together. And in fact, we have a little bit of bonus content that wasn't featured in the video version of this. Uh, So for those of you who have never heard our show before, each week we usually have a, uh, a few different segments such as Star Pieces, which is aptly named after Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, where we talk about hidden details that we liked in the game, or Quick Jabs, where we complain about something usually minor about the game, Um, as well as Who's the Fake Fan, which is kind of a trivia segment we like to throw at each other. And uh, it was kind of a nice surprise because Adam Robinson Yu, the developer of A Short Hike, which is another game we absolutely love, uh, actually sent us a few little segments from our show Um, his friend Andrew kind of recruited him to share some quick jabs and a fake fan question so Marcus I want to play these for you because you haven't heard these yet right I have not I'm very excited yeah let's uh let's roll the clip here do you have any jabs okay and my jabs are for chapter four yeah there's some pretty uh, there's, there's a lot of backtracking you kind of I think you go through the same like like three linear paths like three times over each time during that chapter and like there isn't a lot of like exploration in that chapter because it's just very like point a to b and then back to a and then back to b so that's my jab for that one and for chapter three i don't really have any jabs i kind of liked uh (laughs) i liked how they spaced that one out with the battles and the the mystery i think I, i liked that there wasn't as much dungeon in that one because uh Sometimes solving the puzzles in like chapter one is kind of cumbersome um, in chapter two. So I kind of liked that chapter three was uh, much lighter on the puzzles. Yeah, actually, I kind of agree with him. Um, yeah, playing through it again, number three, uh, just having a really closed setting and um, no random encounters, just battles. Just Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's just so different from the other two chapters that it, it comes as a nice change of pace from the dungeons and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he his quick job was kind of the backtracking in chapter four. And I think uh, that didn't bug me the first few times I played the game, but the most recent time we played it, my wife was like, wait, we have to go to Creepy Steeple and then go back to recruit Vivian and then go back to Creepy Steeple to get the letter and then go back to Twilight Town to fight Duplass. Oh, nope, we can't fight Duplass there. Okay, we got to go back to Creepy Steeple. Uh. It was like, that is actually many, many times going through the same road, which I, I don't know. I It's kind of unique in its own way, but... The fact that it has random encounters, though, along that road, that doesn't help. Maybe they just needed to pad it out. Maybe they were like, this chapter isn't quite long enough. Right. I, actually, I don't have any quick jabs prepared. I'm sure if I thought really hard... 
But for a game like this that, you know, we've been fans of for over a decade, quick jabs are two decades? Almost. Almost. Wow. It's not so much quick jabs as suggestions or what I would want to see if they did another game that was like this, which I need to play Bug Fables because I hear that it is a a spiritual successor in some ways. It's excellent. I highly recommend it. Um, We might cover it on the show at some point if that interests you. Um, Because, yeah, uh, Bug Fables is, you know, it has its own identity and its own things going for it. And there's lots of things I prefer about Thousand Year Door to it. But it does, like, have a lot of improvements over Thousand Year Door, like in that you can accept as many side quests as you want at once, which is really cool. But uh, Adam also was asked uh, a who's the fake fan question by his friend. And I'm going to let this question be posed to you as well, Marcus. So... I'm going to play the clip, and let's see if you can answer correctly uh, compared to Adam's answer. Let's see who's the fake fan between the two of you. You ready? Uh, (laughs) yeah. For the trivia section, the ringtone when Peach calls Mario is the title screen music from what video game? Oh. Oh, okay, I'm gonna... I'm trying to remember it now. So when Peach calls Mario... I can hear it in my head, but I can't remember what Mario game it's from. Ugh. Uh. What's your answer? Oh, boy. Um, alright. It's not the first Mario game. Um, I feel like it's the second Mario game. The one with turnips. Super, uh, Super Mario Bros. 2? That's my guess. Alright, let's see if you're right. I think it's Super Mario World. Yo, that's Uh, right! You're a real fan! (laughs) No! Dang it! Oh, man, I'm the fake fan. Adam, you beat me. But what would I expect from a game developer, a true video game professional? I am but a lowly fan, a fake one. I love having uh, someone give... He wasn't necessarily asking us, but he had a fake fan question there. I would love to, to see some more fake fan questions from any listeners. Like, if anyone wants to send us uh, an evergreen fake fan question... We would love to feature it on the show, give it our best go, and you can make us look like idiots. That's that's a lot of fun, right? People like that? Yeah, I think they would. Come test our knowledge. I'd actually be really interested to see what kinds of questions people could come up with for this game. Because we've played this so many times, but at the same time, I couldn't name half the badges, you know? Yep. And to our listeners, uh, if you enjoyed our episode today, Level With Us is a weekly show. So, if you'd like, go ahead and subscribe and uh, look forward to a weekly cozy video game discussion with me and Marcus. But uh, in the meantime, thank you to everyone who pitched in to help this retrospective happen. I really appreciate it. But until next week, I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. And we'll level with you next time.
I like the implication of until next week. I'm still Jared. I'm still Marcus. Next week, <laughs> right. who knows? Right. We could be anything.